fresh. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio here today? Hello, are you there? Hello, are you there? I'm here. Please. Jerry Hannah. Uh, Jerry, turn the mic around. You're speaking into it the wrong way. Oh, there. Hi, can you hear that? Yes, I can. Jerry Hannah. Hannah Banana, as some folks know me, uh, from the subhumans. And who else do we have? Who are you? I am J-O-N. 
John Card. I think both of you guys are using the mics wrong. No, I got it right here, Even though you've had man. many years in the game to figure it out. It should be right, isn't it? Like, I think it hangs down, and in that little arrow thing should be... Like that, there. Well, see, I'm, there, I'm like I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a drummer, right? I can't do this. Do you sing at all? Do you sing? I, we will I, be hearing. They give you. me a mic. They give me a microphone. Yes, live. So uh, you know. We'll. John, we will be hearing you sing later on in the show, won't we? Uh, Did well, you not bring a recording in from a band no. that you actually sing on? Uh, no, I was just drumming and humming. Okay, so we're not going to hear any singing. Okay, no. well, but we'll hear you're talking. And Jerry, please yes. explain what is going. Well, John, explain who is Jerry. And Jerry, please explain who is John. And please explain who are the subhumans. And would please you like explain about the gig. Who would you like to start first? You. Okay, John is a drummer for our band. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the ex drummer for uh, SNFU, DOA, Personality Crisis, About fifty Death other bands. Cats, uh, you name them, he played in them, um, and he's currently our drummer. And we're for so subhumans. Are you calling me a drum slut? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I'm calling you a great drummer. You know, <laughs> well, I called you. you I called you the best drummer in Canada the other day. Really? Yes, mm. I did. And John, who is Jerry? Jerry, Hannah, Jerry, useless, Jerry, what have you? He's the bass player, current bass player of subhumans. <laughs> um, as long as we tour in Canada. <laughs> No, he's uh, you know one of the major uh, contributors song-wise to the band. Uh, he does a lot, a lot of the business too. Keeps us laughing. Uh, keeps the the back end of the band going uh, rhythmic-wise uh, with the drums. He's the bass player. And, uh, yeah, he's sitting next to me right here, believe it or not. Hasn't he got and a great radio voice? Do you hear that? You hear it? Check that out. <laughs> and Jerry, speaking of voices, who is Wimpy? And John, speaking of voices and guitar playing, who is Mike Graham? Well, Wimpy is, of course, our singer. Is that your phone? Oh, sorry, that's my <laughs> nephew. <laughs> uh, Wimpy is our singer, otherwise known as Brian Goble. He's another member of a subhuman. He's another member of the subhumans. And this is the Subhumans Canada for all you people out there who think that you're wondering where our British accents went. We're actually the Subhumans Canada. There is, of course, a Subhumans uh, UK. Fuck you. Oh, my name's Trotsky, oh. and I play. Shit, I'm from London. One of, there and, is uh, one of the no. Subhumans UK I, here as well. I've got to leave right now, hang so on, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah, no, no. Well, well, now, excuse me. Now, John, who yeah. is Mike Graham? We're missing some Subhumans here. He is a fantastic uh, guitar player, songwriter of the Subhumans Canada. And uh, he's not here today. He's uh, he's a very busy guy, and he's very soft spoken. But when he when he writes a song and puts that guitar on, it's not so soft spoken. And you guys anymore. are playing a gig coming up next weekend Indeed. in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Where are we playing? That's what I want to know. Why well, I'm asking you. Where say, are we it, say it in your radio voice, John. Where are we playing? Uh, I'm not exactly Gastown, sure. Gastown, uh, the Lamplighter, on Friday the thirteenth. That's, that's a week today. That's right, a week today. The subhumans today. always have interesting gigs to play on interesting days, like July 1st, Friday the 13th. Does that always happen? Uh, November 22nd. Yeah. You played a gig on November, November 22nd. 22nd. Wow, that's, right. that's incredible. That was a long time ago. That was with the Dead Kennedys, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was at the Legion Hall on Commercial, right? The right. Dead Kennedys, you guys. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we try and pick the dates, although this one just kind of happened on us. It was the only one available for, <laughs> the, <laughs> for the lamp lighter. And this <laughs> is the kickoff for the tour of the yeah. Subhumans Canada. Now, what I find interesting, subhumans from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, is you guys are really calling yourself subhumans Canada. What are you afraid? What are you afraid? Afraid of what? 
Well, why do you have to say Subhumans Canada? What about the negotiations? Have there been any negotiations? Maybe you could give the listeners out there in Radio Line a little background on Subhumans versus Subhumans and why John would kick into a diatribe against Dick, the wonderful lead singer of the Subhumans UK, who is a big fan of the Subhumans from Canada. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of them too. Have there been negotiations? Could you explain a little bit about the revitalization of the Subhumans? We've talked. We've talked. And we we said... Well, no, could you give a background for the listeners out there? Okay, there's two subhumans. Our subhuman started in uh, we first gig was in 1978, July 1st, 1978. That's and we actually formed a couple of months before. And it was that. at the Indian Center, I think. No, no, the first gig. Holy mackerel! I can't believe that I actually got you on a trivia point here. This is the first time. This is the first. Uh, anyways, no, it was the Anarchist Day, Canada Day, anti Canada Day Anarchist. Gig Holy in the park in, in, Stan, in Stanley Park. Yeah. Where did the Indian Center gig fit in? Oh, with that it? was way later somewhere. Oh, geez, sorry yeah, about that. That's all right. Anyway, so uh, so um, we started then, and then we played for years around Vancouver and toured with different bands in the states and stuff like that. And uh, we the Subhumans UK started in 1980. Um, too much gain on my mic. Anyways, Subhumans UK started in 1980. And by the time they realized, apparently, that there was another subhumans in North America, namely from Vancouver, um, w- the subhumans had broken up. Us had bro- we had broken up. So they kept the name. So they kept on going. And they were very prolific with records. They, they've put out tons of records, way more than we have. And they, they've, they've gone off and on right up till now, since 1980. They've been putting out records. So there's a little bit of confusion out there now that we're back in the picture and putting out records as to, well, who's who? We just An interesting point is I just got an email from Dick Lucas uh, about five days ago saying, hey, you guys must be on tour again because I just got an email from somebody who wants to play with us in Regina. And we're not playing in Regina, so you guys must be playing in Regina. So I sent him an email back saying, yeah, we're on tour. We are playing in Regina. See, I got the same thing, Jerry. When they were on tour, I got a call, a couple calls from the East Coast going, hey, John, can I get on the guest list? I see you guys are playing tonight. And it was them. They were on tour, right? right. Uh, Should have directed the phone call to those guys there. Yeah. You've got to do a gig together, though. Oh, there we go. I I think we should all be on your show together, both subhumans, and fill the entire studio, right? So it could be the subhumans versus the subhumans versus Nardwar. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. (laughs) Live in the Nardwar Human Serviette radio show. What I find interesting, though, is could you say that the subhumans UK have actually helped the subhumans Canada by keeping the subhumans name out there? Maybe. I don't know. know. You know, like, it's kept the name fresh. So when you go to Regina, there's a kid, oh, the subhumans are coming, and might go to the gig because they think it's the UK subhumans not knowing about the Canadian subhumans. Then they go to the gig and love the Canadian subhumans and then forget about the UK subhumans. <laughs> so you will get some extra fans. Yeah, so it are. is good for you. So these guys have helped you in a way. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. Yes. But you know, we are, we are, there's that gain again. We are pretty different musically. So, uh, you know, people that like the UK subhumans may well not like our style. Because some people person. call the UK subhumans the best British punk band of all time. I have heard that. Yeah. And some people call the Canadian subhumans the best Canadian, the best That's British Canadian, <laughs> British Columbian. The best British Columbian. And yeah. you actually have covered 
bands from England into Subhumans, haven't you? Like Menace. You guys cover Menace. Menace. Screwed yeah. Up. We used to cover Screwed, screwed up. up forever. Yeah. yeah. Do you still cover Screwed no, Up? No, we don't. Do you cover any Canadian no, songs? we don't cover any Any songs. British songs? We don't cover any No songs. covers at no, all. No, no covers. Not, all original. Not we're not, not a yet. cover band. Which I, think really, which I think really is amazing because on your website, again, we're speaking here to the Subhumans live in a Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show. We're playing next Saturday night. No. Friday. Friday. No, <laughs> next Saturday. Well, actually, next Saturday, Saturday night. Victoria. The reason I'm mentioning next Saturday night is because next Saturday night, the band CSS, who Tyler was just telling us about, are playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, from Brazil. And the lead singer of CSS is a big fan of the Subhumans from Vancouver, but bought the wrong T-shirt. Bought yeah. the Subhumans. See, UK. they're cashing in on us. See, it see, works both ways. I think ways. they're taking advantage of us. There. Well, I haven't actually explored it further. Maybe okay. it could be that she was a fan of the Subhumans from England Fair and enough. thought the Subhumans from England were from Vancouver. That wouldn't make too much sense. Well, actually, it might be. There probably are some transplanted punk rockers from England living in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Have you encountered any transplanted punk rockers living in Vancouver, I've British Columbia, Canada from England? Trans- transgendered uh, punk rockers living in, in Vancouver. Baboom! And speaking of transgendered, we began in Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show with your favorite, Jerryanna Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah, that's transgendered <laughs> beyond belief. Every yeah. time you've been on a Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show, and in fact, if people are interested in checking out past interviews with Jerryanna, go to nardwar.com and click on Jerryanna, and you can hear all my interviews with Jerryanna. Jerry, in past interviews, you have brought out Steppenwolf's song, War Resistor, right? Is it War Resistor? Yeah, but I don't think you... Did you play it last time? I think we did. What can you tell me about the wolf, the Steppenwolf? They are Canadian content, of course. Yeah, but why do you of. like the wolf, and what album was that from? That al- that song is from uh, Monster, an uh, album by Steppenwolf, and, uh, you know, old Steppenwolf before any of these new kind of strange versions with John Kay or the rest of the band members have got together. Um, and the reason I like Steppenwolf is I think that they wrote some incredibly great rock music in that from that era. Uh, and, and I think that a lot of people think of them as a some kind of ultra-macho biker band. And in fact, if you listen to a lot of the lyrics that are in their songs, they're talking about really important political issues frequently. And for in fact, and I probably pointed this out last show, listen to the lyrics for, on the song for Ladies Only. It's basically a pro-feminist song. By I'm the not wolf. Kidding. By, the, By wolf. the wolf. What year would this be? This is after Ooh. Born to Be Wild, isn't it? This is. Is this, uh, three, is this for ladies only? Yeah, that was after Born to Be. That was after Born to Be Wild. Born to Be Wild was on their either their first or their second album. I can't remember which one. And you are the Subhumans <coughs> from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And you indeed have a new CD out yourself with lots of interesting lyrics on it as well. Yes. And actually, I was going to ask you, Jerry, who's going to burn? Uh, you're gonna burn. You're gonna, gonna burn, burn. You're gonna burn. Uh, uh, Who's a liar, John? <laughs> Bush, Bush, and his people. Uh, uh, who's gonna burn? Well, I guess it's a people it's, who do not what's, believe. What's the word when you? What's the what's the term for when you take someone else's opinion and make it yours, tongue in cheek? Ironically, uh, that's what that is. That's from I Got Religion. Yes, <clears throat> of course. And I guess it's supposed to be some fundamental arch conservative right wing Christian, one of the Armageddon generals, perhaps from uh, the states, telling people that aren't Christians that you're gonna burn. Who's the liar? There's a liar on your new CD. Who's the liar? You I have, would, well, there's that, a liar. There's many, there's many, many liars there's many in the liars. world. A bit, a bit closer but, to the mic there, John. Well, I was actually just, it, I was just <laughs> talking to Jerry. I wasn't talking to the mic. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I guess you can... Jerry be, wrote the song, so you take this one, Jerry. Uh, well, you're a liar. You're talking about in Moving Forwards, I presume. Is yes. correct? Now, Who's right? the liar? Yeah. The liar uh, is... Not just Bush, but his entire administration and actually 60 years of administrations in the U.S., basically, that have contributed to absolutely insane foreign policy. policy. 
So uh, you're a liar is referring to all of those people. I mean, Rumsfeld, Cheney, uh, Wolfowitz, Bush, uh, even Reagan, and, and lots of those guys that are in Bush's current administration are ex-Reagan. We're, we're also in Reagan's administration, and they were doing the same shit back then. So, you know, that's who's a liar. They're bullshitting. bullshitting well, Nancy, people. I don't know, but, uh, well, I have a press conference, and I don't know, but... Um, I He's think alive, I maybe, still. Yes. Um, and you can actually check out all your lyrics at subhumans.ca. You're quite proud of that, aren't you, what? Jerry? The lyrics on <laughs> subhumans.ca. Every song of the subhumans, all the lyrics are all written out there. I now. did not do that. Who Mike did that? Graham did that. He transcribed. Every single every song. one. Yeah, he's it's also, amazing. Like yeah. every single song. Was yeah. that before you got back together for the reunion? No, he. And actually, what I'd like to say a bit more about the subhumans. Mike Graham is back in the band. He wasn't in the band for a little while. When I saw an earlier incarnation of the subhumans, it actually was at the Wise Hall, the re-release of the Vancouver Complication CD. Oh, and yes. what band did Wimpy have with them then? Who was the subhumans then? Who knows. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Gee, uh, complicated. <laughs> I think I think I sat in on one or two songs. Then he had a, a guitar player that's actually a student of uh, his ex-girlfriend, who's a music teacher playing guitar. And who was on bass? I believe it was Butch from uh, Bughouse Five. So, so what, a, what a collection. Pers- another person <laughs> taking advantage of the subhumans name. Eh? Yeah, There's another help. subhumans out there. So when you play, maybe you get fans of that incarnation of the uh, band coming out to go see you. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> and then you returned to the scene of the Wise Hall, didn't you, John? We did indeed. And, uh, well, we actually have been there twice since then. Uh, what were the differences between the Vancouver Complication release party where they had you playing drums mm-hmm. for the subhumans and the gig the subhumans played at the wise hall a little while well back. we played about as many songs but the uh, second gig we were supposed to do a full set rather than four and a half songs and uh, the show got shut down by the police someone got injured on the dance floor the police were uh, asked to come in because of fights and assorted uh, things like that and once the police are asked to come in the gig is over so the jig was up and uh, it's a shame. I feel really bad because, uh, you know, people came in to see a lot of music and they did see a lot of music, but just not enough from the subhumans. So. There's an interesting article by Mark Machette on a website called thetai.ca, which is a really cool website. And it talks about his memories of going to see the subhumans in the old days. And he was telling his relatives about how he was going to go see the new reformed subhumans and how there used to be riots and police <laughs> and gigs were shut down. But none of that would happen. So what happened, Jerry? How did this happen all over again? We still don't know how it happened. There was a bunch of Lugans at the gig. I, I have no idea why like, they were there. from your perspective, what? did you see? Uh, I didn't see much. The lights were shining in my eyes. I, you know, apparently this had been going on. There had been all sorts of fights going on. It was actually kind of, I mean, I, we've all been to shows where there's been a fight or maybe two. And what is your policy But there that? was a million fights, apparently, at this particular show, and I couldn't see that. It was the lights were shining what? in our eyes. I saw one little fight happening off to the right-hand side of the stage, and so I tried to get the band to stop. And I was going to say, basically, okay, we're not playing anymore until this stops. That's the policy. Right? And then, and then, But I couldn't get the whole band's attention. They didn't really know what I was doing, so we launched into another song. And then Brian noticed that the entire front section of the hall was one <laughs> huge fight. So he leapt into the, for, into the middle of the fight and tried to stop it. And so we're playing away and Brian's gone. And uh, He had his nunchucks that night, didn't he? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so okay. we just stopped. And uh, we, we still, to this day, there's about, there's about four different theories on why this happened and where these people came from. I don't know 
whether I believe any of them or maybe they're all true, I don't know. But we didn't know any of those people that were involved in this fight, and I haven't seen them before that or since then. But uh, but, uh, but also, maybe I'll say this very quickly. Uh, a fellow was injured. He was knocked out cold on the dance floor, and at that point we didn't know if it was a fight or he fell or whatever. He was out cold, so basically we had to stop for many reasons, and that was one because this guy could have been dead or if we you know got moved, his neck might have been broken. So... There was a an issue there with uh, his well-being. And so. as it turns out, he 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 didn't get injured because of a fight. No. He was out of his mind on who knows what drug and climbed up onto the on the base bin onto or something. the base woofer and fell backwards, yeah. expecting people to catch him. And there happened to be nobody there. Or no catch, like no catchy for <laughs> so Belgian that night. He knocked himself out. <laughs> Do right? you remember what song it was during? Uh, when we played four. Like, songs. is there one song that incites the crowd more no, than others no, in the subhumans? No, they were all. Well, of course there is. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I wasn't allowed to say it last night on Marianne Carosi's show. Can I say it on yours? And what song might that be, Jerry Hanna? Fuck Han? you! The opinions expressed that we just heard are by Jerry Hanna and the subhumans and only the subhumans. If you're afraid of the subhumans, please tune out to the Nardwarda Human Survey Radio Show. Please tune out right now because there are some adult themes and words being described. Thank you, Jerry. Actually, speaking of the song <laughs> Fuck You, John, you've been in DOA, another band that played Fuck You. Yes. You've had a hard time, haven't you, playing Fuck You? There's different versions of Fuck You. Play. Could you explain to me the genesis of the song Fuck You, your exposure to it, and actually when you first heard the subhumans and when you first met Jerry? Well, okay, that's several questions there. Yes, I've done different versions of Fuck You, uh, the one in DOA. The ending is a little bit longer. And actually, at that complication gig, I was doing the DOA version, and I kept playing, and they stopped. So th- there was something live there that didn't quite click, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Subhumans came to Calgary years and years and years ago, and I was in a band called Suburban Slag. They were playing the Calgaryan Hotel. And we got on the bill. They were like my favorite, my most favorite band in the world. They were very fresh um, at the time. And Which is the word of the day. Word of the, the day. <laughs> Actually, the word of the day should be perhaps. But anyways, um, so we were on the bill. And I got to play with the subhumans. That's where I met them. Went up into their beautiful uh, hotel room up in the Calgary uh, Calgarian. Calgarian Hotel Blood in stains Calgary. On the carpet. Oh yeah, no, it, had, it was the uh, honeymoon suite. It had two ashtrays. It was awesome. And then, you know, we, ex- we, uh, we exchanged uh, ideas and certain substances, not bodily fluids. But, uh, yeah, that's when I saw the Subhumans live for the first time, and that's when I met the band. So basically the whole band, except Jim Agawa. Now I'm the drummer, and uh, it's no, all so been a blur. So when did you start playing Fuck You with DOA? When did you join DOA, and when did Fuck You get inserted into oh, the playlist? Okay, I joined because DOA. Because you could be theoretically have played Fuck You more times on stage than Jerry played Fuck You on stage, right? What? Like, how long were you in DOA? Like, how hard was it to deprogram the DOA version to learn or relearn the Subhumans version? I still haven't been uh, deprogrammed yet. It's it's really tough, uh, <laughs> Nardware, the human yet. But it's, um, it's, like I said, it's a longer version. Uh, 86 is when I joined DOA, and yes, I've played Fuck You more than Jerry has, and probably more than he sure ever will. Uh, well, I've, people have told me... I used to play it my folk act, too, you know. Okay, well, I didn't know that. Now we don't it's care getting to know you. you. Fuck you. <laughs> Speaking of which, and again, you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 2 Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Another band has covered the song <gasps> Fuck You. That's right. Well, a number of bands, actually. Uh, but the, but the, but, big, the big one, but the one big banana. one without permission is what you're doing. The one without permission. This is the band Overkill. And did they not play Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada a little while back? Were you able to confront them on that? And could you update on that, please, Jerry? Well, okay. Overkill stole the... the <laughs> <laughs> Overkill stole Fuck You from me. Um, they titled an al- two albums 
Uh, or no, one album they titled after it. The other one came out on a live album of theirs. Um, I think we've been over this ground, but we'll, we can clue over it again. But they hadn't been to town, though. They hadn't they been, been to town. town. Okay, so, yeah, but just to clue in, the, just to give the background, I guess, to the listener. <laughs> Actually, as I said to listeners, if you're interested in hearing my interview with Cherry... Hannah, please check out Nardware.com. It'll be exactly the same as right. this interview. <laughs> yes. No, no, new information in this yeah. interview. New songs to play. Okay. Anyways, I won't go into the, all the specifics of it. Let's just say that Overkill did one of the most blatant song ripoffs of all time in rock and roll history, in my opinion. I mean, it's not where you take a little, you know, section of a song and oh, it sounds similar or something like that. It was like out and out the song. And they named their record. Named mm. their record after it. Didn't give any credit to me, and they didn't p- ever pay me any royalties. Although finally, a lawyer went after their labels and got me a bit of money. Anyways, so then Overkill came to town. Yes, and I am i don't know whether they played Fuck You or not. They played at Richards on Richards. John was suggesting that perhaps I go down there, actually, and, and, and visit what's his... I can't remember the lead singer's name. What's his name? He's got some hillbilly name. Anyways. Uh, Jeff? <laughs> Bob, I don't know. Billy Bob J, J or something. I, I can't remember know. what his name is. Anyways, and I said to John, I think, that at that time I said, look, I don't really want to go back to jail, and that's what will happen that's if right. I confront him. So... I'm not going to. Jerry's so I, not in jail, and he I'm didn't go to the jail, show. I didn't go to the show, so I don't know whether they played it or not. What were the negotiations with the Subhumans UK when you told them you're getting back together? Didn't well, you actually ask them if you could just call yourself the Subhumans? Like, why Subhumans Canada? Well, we didn't ask them anything. Like, we didn't what, what ask does Dick, them What permission. does the Dick the Singer think about this? Is he angry at all? Not at all, no. You know, he He's thought laughing. it was funny. Oh. He thought it was funny, yeah. Yeah, he well, said it's great. He said it's great, and then he said we really have to, we really must do a gig together sometimes for the flyer, if nothing else. No, it's a nice guy, and basically it was said, okay, we'll be Subhumans UK, and you guys will be Subhumans Canada or whatever you want to call yourself. And uh, they were Subhumans UK for the longest time, but then the kind of the UK fell off. Yeah, their their logo, their lettering is obviously boom. People know if if they know anything about yeah. punk rock, it's them, right? So and also Jello, uh, At Jello Biafra, he uh, he suggested, well, why don't we, you know, just make it so people go into the record store and they don't see just Subhumans and they they see all their records. It'll be Subhumans Canada or Subhumans UK. You know, it's just things like that make things simpler for some of the people who need things to be a little more simpler for them. Let's hear a track off the brand new Subhuman CD, New Dark Age Parade. <laughs> Which track would you like to hear here that helps represent the Subhumans of mm, 2006? Well, pick. the name of the record is New Dark Age Parade, and in this song you'll hear those very lyrics, and it's People of the Plague. Also, I'd like you to comment on the artwork. Jerry, you have not been a fan of previous Subhumans artwork. You perhaps have gone out on a limb to say this is your favorite Subhumans artwork ever. Is that true? I love the classic Incorrect Thoughts photo. Mm -hmm. You don't like that so much. I know you like it. That's why you took it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you took the lettering from that. You put elements of that. No, we took it from you. You took elements. No, this is from your cover. You took elements. Who did the artwork for this? Is this the G7 guys? Derek, mostly Derek at G7. Yeah. Is it based or ripped off from anything else? No, of course not. No, we don't do that sort of thing. Perhaps might what it might be from. Uh, uh, no comment. It's it's from (laughs) Overkill. I think they had some lettering. It's from uh, Overkill. We ripped it off from Overkill's album. That's right. And this is. People of the Plague. And actually, I want to ask you, Jerry, just quickly. People of the Plague, does this have anything to do with you playing with Night of the Living Dead, the movie? Didn't you guys at one time play with the movie Night of the Living Dead down there on Hastings Street? Did we? It was the Subhumans on Hastings I Street. I even heard about that. Because I've seen the picture. Bev Davies took a photo, and it's the whole band outside of the theater on, I think it turned into the Lux Theater on Hastings Street. Mm, and I you guys are playing that. a double bill with Night of the Living Dead. And I think that lyric is actually mentioned somewhere, Night of the 
Living Dead somewhere. Night in the, of the Living record. Dead is mentioned, well, but I didn't so write the song. I thought it might have been a gig about that. I didn't write the song. Brian wrote the song, but no, I don't think it's about that. It's about it's about basically it's about Brian's work. Brian works for the Portland Hotel Society. I used to work That's there too, actually. Right actually. Oh no, he's off by now. Um, and and so Brian's out there working with people, you know, homeless people and people that have drug addiction problems and stuff like that. And that's what the song's about. People of the plague. plague. Night of the living dead has left the silver screen. Walked into a neighborhood near you. Mutated creations of the problems we didn't face. From a world that's understood by few. Yeah. 
and you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we still have in the studio? Hello, are you there? Yes. Who are you? I'm Jerry Hanna. And Jerry, who do you have beside you? John Card. Hello, John. Are you there? Yes, I am. John, we heard some selections from the Subhumans Musical Vault. Could you explain off the top what we heard? Well, we heard one selection. It was called People of the Plague off the... New CD uh, called New Dark Age Parade. Uh, it was a uh, pen by Brian Wimpy, Sonny Boy, Roy Goble Giblets. Who is not here in. right now, but who, not. who will be at the gig at, at the, the Lamplighter. Lamp <laughs> Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. A week next from week. today. And then we went into a new sub. I mean, a new. <laughs> I mean, what did we go into there, Jerry Hannah? Were we going to Highway Child from Hendrix? Actually, before you actually explain what we went into, what is the John Denver joke, John? Because you always talk about John Denver. All you guys always talk about John Denver. <laughs> well, can I, can I, Jerry and I were just talking about John Denver, and uh, basically, uh, I can't say a lot of stuff on the air or I'll break into tears, and so will Jerry, so it's really hard for us. But, Jerry, um, do, do you want to tell the John Denver story, or well, should we because wait? Because it's a seminal moment in Vancouver punk rock it's history, isn't it? We can do a collaboration, John. Basically, the John Denver joke originally stems from Brian Goble <clears throat> and Dimwit, Ken Montgomery, who was also the original drummer for the Subhumans. They used to used to tease me endlessly because I like John Denver, and, and I actually think I took them... No, I went to a concert, and when I came back, I convinced them that we should go acoustic and move, <laughs> and move to a commune up in the interior, which they foolishly did. And this is in Lumbee, B.C. <laughs> that's right. And so uh, so ever since then, they've, they've, they like to torture me about John Denver and you know make fun of that. And then as it turns out, now John Card is in the band. And guess what? John Card likes John Denver, too. So you have somebody on your side. That's right. Over rule. So we're, right. we're going to move up. We're going to get the commune back together. We're going to start uh, We're going to start flying these, uh, these airplanes that uh, are basically um, you know put together by us. Ultralights. Ultra, yeah, we're going to take... Take off where John Denver left off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, we we're glossed jump over this Denver. mention of the commune at Lumbee, but this was a pretty wild, defining moment for Vancouver punk rock and inspiration. <laughs> was Shithead up there? Who else yeah. was up there? Please, could you Shit. explain? Shithead. Joey, Joe Keithley was up there as well. <laughs> Joe and there were, some, <laughs> there were some other gentlemen that were up there as well, were weren't there? there? Oh, Brad Kent. Yes, I understand that Brad Kent had some wild times in Lumbee, British Columbia, Canada. Some real wild times. Real wild. With an actual sheep. Is that true? <laughs> uh, I, I, this, is, this is a rumor that, that went around, but I don't know whether it's true or not. I actually didn't witness this, luckily. What was the rumor? Uh, well, I'm not even sure what the rumor Come was. Come on, Something, rumor it up. So, I don't want to trash uh, Brad Kent when he's not here to defend himself. Uh, well, why would you have to defend him? That's something to be proud of. Come on, First man. of all, this is a family-orientated show. Spill okay? the so I don't really want to get into things that are going to upset you know, parents with their children listening and that sort of thing. Suffice it to say, well, I mean, all you have to do is say that somebody did something with a sheep and pretty much everybody immediately has ideas about what it might have been, right? I will say that it also, the rumor apparently involved gumboots. But that's all I'm going to say. And, and, and a cliff, perhaps? <laughs> and... And this was in Lumbee, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, the and, early I, and, days. and I just want to point out that, you know, lots of people were doing that sort of thing in Lumbee back in those days. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's fair to be, you lots know. Lots of people were fucking sheep? In Lumbee, B.C. I mean, it was, a, you know. <laughs> 
So I don't think it's fair to say. Is that where you got Brad. the nickname Brad the Sheep Fucker Kent? Is that uh, no? I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. That is I did not yeah. say that. Uh, anyways, yeah. Sorry, Brad. But Brad was up there too. Yeah, that was, and it, and you're right. It was an important moment in punk rock history. Although punk rock hadn't been invented yet, to my knowledge, at that point. But, oh, unless you you know factor in because you guys went up Iggy there and stuff. But yeah, we went up there and. Uh, we did too many drugs and laid out in the hot sun and baked our heads a little bit too much and came back and became punk rockers. So, And that was because Joe saw the Ramones, right? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I saw John Denver, so we went and we were hippies. And then Joe saw the Ramones, and we were punk rockers. And that kind of is what Canadian punk rock is all about, a, a blending <laughs> of the two, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's a blend. John Denver meets the Ramones. That's right. Kind of, and kind Brad of Kent saw Sheep, so yeah. uh, where does it take from there? I uh, mean, uh, Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and you're still listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Unfortunately Canada. Unfortunately for you. The Nardwari Human Serviette Radio <laughs> Show. We have the subhumans live on CITR. If you have any questions for the subhumans, it's 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. But we didn't get to what we played there. What we played after the subhumans, we played... Highway Child by Jimi Hendrix. One of your favorites. The reason I brought that particular version of it was because now Highway Child is on all kinds of Jimi Hendrix re-release, stupid re-release issues. It's even on a... uh, it's even on a re-release of um, the first Hendrix album, which was Are You Experienced, which is ridiculous because it didn't appear on the, uh, the original album at all. But that actually, that album, War Heroes, was the first album released after he died. And that's where, that's where Ch- Highway Child originally appeared. That's the first time it had ever been put to record, to my knowledge. So that's why I brought it. Jerry, the early days of Vancouver punk rock, specifically your gig, which I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, on Commercial Drive, we played with the Dead Kennedys. This was on November 22nd, I think, 1979. It was like the Dead Kennedys and the Subhumans. That was an amazing gig, wasn't it? Didn't like Iggy Pop show up at that gig uh, afterwards? Yeah, yeah Iggy, well, no, he was at the gig. Well, actually, well, he was at the gig while we were on stage. And uh, we were kind of hoping that, you know, of course, Iggy Pop's at our gig. Right on, right on, you know. We were hoping that he'd kind of take notice of us, maybe come up to the front of stage, give us a thumbs up. Yeah, you guys are cool. Yeah, follow in my footsteps and stuff. But I was watching Iggy while I was playing from the stage, and all he was doing was going around looking at really good looking women's asses and stuff and uh, he never even looked at the band I don't think what's so, wrong with that uh, I didn't say there was anything wrong with it I just said that <laughs> I just said that uh, it, I was disappointed but still he did show up he didn't I look at is, my ass which I think is amazing that these out of town rock stars punk rock stars would actually take the time to show up at local punk gigs it was Dead Kennedys from San Francisco as well but I understand it was quite a wild gig like possibly the best gig you ever played the best subhumans gig ever. Well, of course, that will be next Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah. At the Lamp Light, it will be. The, 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 the second best subhumans yeah. gig ever was at that gig. Do you remember that being a really good gig? I don't remember. I, I think it was good. I, I don't remember it as being just a mind-boggling gig or anything. I think it was fine. I think we felt in pretty good form and stuff like that. But I, I don't, you know, I don't remember that much about it. I remember the Dead Kennedys. I remember Iggy being there. And I kind of remember the look of the hall. Um, but then the drugs kind of, you know, they affect one's You memories. had to be there, Jerry. Who, who, you, you had to you, be there. Do you remember... You probably got the poster somewhere. Who was the thir- other band on the bill? Because there was another great band on the bill. I can't remember I think it, it might have been like the Young Canadians or the K-Tels. It might have been Ooh. the Young Canadians. Yeah, it was, great, it was a great lineup, great actually. It was November 22nd, JFK yeah. Death Day. Yeah, and I think there was a... Wasn't there a picture of... Was there a picture of uh, Kennedy on the on the poster? I can't remember. Wasn't there a pi- picture of President Kennedy on the poster? I think it was a picture of a woman, but the actual poster had like the stars and stripes all over oh, it. Oh, 
that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was a picture of a woman pointing out what the stars meant. They meant a, a, each star meant a state or something. And actually, like if people are interested in seeing that poster, it's up. I think at punkhistorycanada.ca. Right? I don't know a, if you've been to that website, but there's some amazing yeah, posters. Yeah. A lot of them actually donated by photographer Bev Davies. Punkhistorycanada.ca. So I was asking about punk rockers, <laughs> big famous punk rockers going to gigs. I had mentioned Iggy Pop going to your gig. How about in your time in DOA and all the other bands, famous punk rockers? Well, of course, Randy Bachman, that was really amazing to see him joining DOA on stage. But how about when you're playing there? People you've spotted in the audience at all? Actually, now that you mention that, uh, I had a, one of the best weekends of my life, Nardwire, see here. Um, it was, I was playing with the Evil Twang at the Town Pump. I saw this guy jumping up and down in the back of the room. I'm going, man, this guy, is, he's into it. And, you know, it was an all right show, about half full room, maybe more. And, uh, I think Bergman might have been playing guitar with us that night. I cannot remember. No, Alex Vardy was definitely playing guitar. But anyways, this guy's going nuts. He's jumping up and down. After our show, go downstairs. He's down there. And I look across the room. Someone goes, that guy looks like Joe Strummer. I go, yeah, he sure does. That's Joe fucking Strummer. It was Joe Strummer. So it's like, wow. So go over. Hey, Joe Strummer, you, you know, you're like a, a god to me. Can I touch you? You bless me <laughs> kind of thing. So Joe Strummer came back to my house that night, and uh, Alex Vardy uh, found a 40-pounder of uh, scotch, I believe, somewhere. Uh, you know, he's not a big drinker, but he had one with him. And uh, he went to his house and got it. That's it. And uh, so we polished that off that night, hung out took pictures. I usually don't take pictures of people. I'm not that way, but I had to. Joe Strummer at my house. I went back to his hotel room, finished off his survey bar, the little mini fridge. Everything was gone, and then 7 o'clock in the morning, he's like, okay, I've got to get some sleep, because uh, I've got sound check at about 4. And that's when he was with uh, the Pogues. He was fronting the Pogues when... Uh, uh, Mr. McG- Sh- uh, McGowan was uh, detoxing or left for a while or something like that. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, there's one story right there. So that was uh, very, very cool for me and people who were around us that night. So Man, That's interesting. And the last time I saw Joe Strummer was at a DOA gig at the Forum at the P&E. Mm-hmm. And he was leaning up against a wall, and this was when he was having a little bit of trouble with substance abuse, and he wasn't looking very good at all. And the time I'd seen him before that, he was at a party that we had after the clash played here and he was doing great and uh, the time before that we played soccer with him i don't we've talked about that before where we played not soccer not too much actually i haven't got into too much details you, wow cool. you did tell me something about how paul simonon tried to steal your girlfriend no it was nick, it was nick jones oh, okay yeah no paul simonon so when did the girl stealing come in in the, the that pointed, was at, pointed sticks that was nick at the party jones? no 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 I, nick, know, I, know, I know that was at the party that was at that same party that... So this is like the Clash came to town. Now, this is what I was going to actually ask you about. Did the soccer game happen about the same time? Because I understand the Clash, they came to Vancouver. This is their first gig ever in North America at the Commodore Ballroom. It's the Clash, right? It was the Clash. Yeah, the, first gig. Their first gig ever in North America. Anywhere. So Vancouver is the first punk scene outside of North America that the Clash will outside be England. seeing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, outside of England. Or Europe or whatever. Yeah, anywhere. Like, it's like, they're, yeah. So they're curious and, to know what the punks are like, right? Yeah, who so was, they who said, was well, on let's the bill? Have a, so let's have a soccer game, they said. I can't remember who was yeah, supporting well, them. Well, I, but I thought what was interesting was the Clash were playing, I think, was it with Bo Diddley and the Dishrags perhaps? Maybe. That might have been that gig. And I understand that down the road, the Pointed Sticks are playing the Quadra Club that 
night, which of course became Club Soda and in the Starfish oh. Room. The Pointed Sticks were headlining, but I understand that the local punk community, what did you feel about the Pointed Sticks? How did the subhumans view the Pointed you Sticks? You asked me this before. You were always trying to get me in shit. You, d- you asked me this question before <laughs> trying to get me in shit. After I had, you, you'd listened to me. He's got the pitchfork out. listened to me on the radio on, with Marianne Carosi the night before, didn't you? You did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think they're a swell bunch of guys. Always got along with them really well. Anyways, the Point of Sticks were playing at the Quadra Club, and I understand that some of the local punks were afraid that perhaps... Well, actually, what it was was somebody ran up to the Commodore Ballroom and said, hey, there's a local punk gig happening after your gig at the Commodore. But then the local punks thought, oh, my God, the Clash are going to see the Point of Sticks. That's the first punk band they're going to see, the Point of Sticks. But not everybody thought the Point of Sticks were punk, did they, The punk police Um, came out. I I don't remember anybody even calling the Point of Sticks punk back then. Exactly. I heard the punk police came out, and they quickly phoned up the Point of Sticks. There was fashion citations given out the whole bit. Could Could you you guys do a cover of Fuck You? No, could you please not play? (laughs) Is that right? <laughs> and instead, they got local punk band Rabid to play. Oh, so then when the Clash ended their gig, the first punk band they saw in North America on a local scale was Rabid. Gee, I, didn't, I don't remember the any The pointed of this. sticks were switched off. So do you remember that? Were you at that first gig? When did the soccer game come in? Well, I was at the first gig, for sure. Uh, what, what, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. We played soccer, and then we got a ride home with my girlfriend at the time, Karen Spanner, who's Dave, David Spanner, our ex-manager's sister. And I was going out with her at the time. She had a little Vauxhall. We got a ride. Ba- we we got a ride back with her. And in the back seat was uh, Joe Strummer, uh, Paul Simonon, and I can't remember which other. Maybe Topper Heaton or who was was it? Topper Heaton with them? Probably I think he Topper, was at that point. Yeah. They're in the back. Uh, Karen and I are in the front, and we're passing around a huge bottle of wine. And that was that three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon so things just kept getting hazier and hazier as the night went on and all i know is i went to the gig to the clash gig and i went to the party and i was pissed off at the end of the party because mick jones was kind of putting the make on karen on the back steps of this house i don't remember the whole thing with the pointed sticks you don't remember any switch up with Rob. I don't remember that at all. Gig. It's a great story, though. Yeah, I, I, I thought don't... that was that was the story. <laughs> actually, funny. David Spanner told me. Oh, is that right? Yeah, well, I thought it was. Know. I he thought it know. was interesting how that like the local punks were afraid that the Point of Sticks <laughs> yeah. would be the first punk band that the Clash no. would see. Yeah, they'd, I, they'd have to see some real hardcore, no, 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 like Rabbit. But just don't a, play. Just don't play. But okay, there just don't. is a connection between Rabbit and the Subhumans. That's why I bring this up. Of course, what is the connection between Rabbit and the Subhumans, Jerry Hanna? Well, the Rabbit were for one thing. They were kind of like our opening band. Kind of open for us at a million shows. Um, other than that, what's the connection? Uh, well, the band? guitar player of the Rabbit ended oh, okay, up being, John of course, Doe. in the Subhumans. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, John Doe, the guitar player for the Rabbit, ended up being in the Subhumans when we reformed in '95 and went on a tour back as far as Winnipeg. That's right. There you go. One other gig that David Spanner, ex-manager of Subhumans, mentioned, and we're, again, we're speaking here live to the Subhumans on CITR, mm. FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Ardwater Human Zero Radio Show. If anybody has any questions, 604-822-247 at 604-UBC-CITR. David Spanner mentioned the Rock Against Reagan gig. Do you remember that gig? No. I noticed a lot of do you remember in the show, but it was a Rock a Against tough, a Reagan one, gig. Man. It was a Rock Against Reagan. It was some hall on like Kingsway or some... 
I think I have the poster. It was like a real intense, big, rough gig where you guys were so afraid to even see the audience because they were so rough. Did you ever encounter an audience that was so rough you were afraid to actually look at them? I don't remember that, no. What? Afraid to look at them? No, I don't remember that. The roughest (laughs) audience... They might have been ugly or something. The roughest audience I remember I was actually totally happy to look at. It was uh, hilarious. That was the gig where they tore all Brian's clothes off him at the laundromat and (laughs) threw him back up on the stage totally naked. That was the roughest gig. For Brian, anyways, that was the roughest gig. And what about the gig where it was... Then what was it tough to look at, the crowd or Brian? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian was hiding behind the PA column, so it wasn't that tough. He was singing with the mic behind the PA column. <laughs> and there was also a gig. Was there not also a gig, may I add, a, a gig at SFU where there was some fucking going on? Oh, the yeah. classic famous... You like this gig? story, too. So, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's not... It's You know what? I keep hearing this story repeated all the time, and it's incorrect. We did not offer... We, as the subhumans, we did not offer this couple a case of no, beer to fuck Let's on give stage. A, well, sorry, they, a bit of background. I interrupted you. Sorry. They, we didn't offer them a case of beer if they would fuck on stage. Someone else offered them a case of beer if they would fuck on stage. And they said, sure, and took off all their clothes and fucked on stage. But it had nothing to I do with us. That, we just yeah. happened to be playing. That's all. This was at Simon Fraser University. <laughs> that's right. This you <laughs> took it to the universities. <laughs> that's no, right. this is going to be next Friday at the Lamplighter, yeah. Friday the 13th. So we're going to recreate history at the Lamplighter. <laughs> that's right. Uh, one interesting thing is you guys did, well, you did more than one interesting thing, but high school tour. Did you do any high school gigs at all, John hey, Card? Hey, I've done high, sc- I've done did high school. Did DOA play any high schools? Did you do high school tours? Oh, did I go to high school? What? No, I, uh, DOA when I was in the band did not play or personality crisis personality or- crisis did play high school in Winnipeg uh, I wish I could remember the name of the high school but we kept playing and it was time to go back to classes and the principal came out and he said okay the show's over and the kids were going no it's not just like slam 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 of course we had to you got escorted off stage and everyone was late for class and it was uh, it was a lot of fun and I think a lot of kids from that went on to uh, play punk rock and in a parallel universe, the subhumans were doing a tour, a high school tour, weren't you? <laughs> high school tour, that's right. But they weren't playing, they just went and hung out at high school. No, right? an actual high school playing tour. That's like, right. how many, we had a, a tour we had a, of the high We had a big bus, and we had roadies and the sound crew, and yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, we'd go from Windermere to Burnaby North. And, no, uh, we did, we did, we played probably five high schools, maybe six. That's cool. In a period of time. Well, yeah, it was a good idea. That, and that was uh, Dave Spanner's idea, actually. It was uh, get, the, get them while they're young, hook them while they're and this is playing at lunch hour, <laughs> and you had, of course, the big hit. Fuck you. Yes, and what was the reaction of the students to fuck you, and also the administration? Wasn't there a big incident that happened uh, well, where, like, you weren't supposed to play the song, but yeah. you did, and then the kid got in trouble, but then I Brain Eater took the heat? I don't remember that. Again, see, your memory is so much better than mine. He must not He's got anywhere notes. near as much drugs. Or, oh, he does have notes. Um, anyways, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that, but I remember... Uh, I, I know that, you know, I think we did Fuck You once or twice um, yeah, live, and then I think after that, principals started phoning other principals and saying, okay, that's enough of that. And so we were told that we couldn't do Fuck You. We couldn't sing Fuck You. So Skinner! What we did, Skinner! So what we did was we... Uh, we would just leave out the chorus. So we'd go, we don't care what you say, and there'd be nothing, right? But the kids already knew the words. So now it was even worse, because before we were singing it, but now we'd be playing we'd be playing at lunch hour with the principal and the head teacher standing by in an auditorium full of kids, and we'd go, we don't care what you say, and the kids would all go, fuck you! Well, that's what we try to do live <laughs> anyways, right? It's, yeah. uh, nothing's changed. So, so. It, was, it, was, uh, it was actually kind of self-defeating for the administration, but it was a lot of fun. We did, one of the schools we did was Windermere, and that 
a whole smoke load full of um, North Van punks came out of that scene. Yes, and a young Brian Adams was yeah. in the crowd that night, and he didn't particularly care for that brand of music, <laughs> so he went on to play his own style and his particular brand In of Sweeney music. Todd. He had his yes. own way to rock. What was the rivalry between DOA and the subhumans like? Now you're all coming together, but was there like a flip coin mentality? Like who would headline? Uh, like you well, would be up just... for flipping a coin, right? See, I told you, this is the kind of shit that he likes to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls it out of his trousers. Hey, it's uh, Uh, it's what it is. Yeah. Uh, There was no rivalry between us and the DOA. What are you talking about? Joe's like, yeah, so basically, (laughs) they broke up, and we just fucking started, we took their singer, right? So they became our bass player. When you (laughs) played a gig together, who would headline? Because you you both were equally popular. We would hardly ever play gigs together, because uh, we But you were up for the... Coin toss, weren't you? Like, you were whatever. Generally speaking, we were up for a coin toss. Generally speaking, Joe wasn't. So we didn't play that many gigs together. Now, why wouldn't Joe be up for the coin toss? Joe, I mean, I don't want to put words in Joe's mouth. This is a famous line. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, (laughs) You've heard me say that, huh? I have heard you say that. uh, You know, I don't want to put words in Joe's mouth. Maybe you should ask Joe that question. Uh, I, you know, my understanding was that Joe felt that DOA was... You know, or existed before the subhumans did, and had uh, you know a, a larger draw, and therefore there shouldn't be any question about who was going to headline it. Joe, if you're listening right now, uh, phone in, and we can put this to rest. Yeah, yeah, Once Joe, give us a call. For all. He's probably busy. He's probably out oh. with his kids or something. Uh, maybe. John, I was just thinking back to that amazing Joe Strummer story mm-hmm. you told me. I've heard the story from the other perspective. Like Joe Strummer came to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada to play with the Pogues and then went missing and then showed up at the gig and now we know where he was. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. You, you, oh, well, there I, you go. Now I have the actual and I, information. Actually, I have photographs, but along with him was their tour manager. I can't remember his name. He was an awesome guy. And I got a, He was there to take care of Joe to make sure Joe got to the gig and everything. And I got a picture of this guy like passed out on my couch. <laughs> so this guy here is taking care of Joe and he's passed out, so you know there, there's that's that that's part of the story. But he showed up, and I was at the show, and it was an awesome show. So you know the guys. He did quite a few Clash songs there too, and some of them recorded on some Pogues records, aren't there? Yeah, um, I remember um, "Brain Freeze" with that song. I think they did "Hell, what? Hell, Hell." That song with the hell in the title. Sorry, my my brain. Straight is to out. hell. Yes, they did that. I don't know that song. You do know this song coming up, though, Jerry Hanna. Todd Rundgren. <laughs> I thought we'd get real weird here today. So I brought something from my childhood. This is back in the days when I was yeah, uh, dropping acid and hanging out with the North, North Burnaby crowd on Burnaby Mountain. And this particular record is interesting because it's packed with tunes, isn't it? What's the name of this song? Uh, a Wizard, A True Star. Probably a wizard? A, a tr- wizard, a true star. Oh, my and goodness. And it's got tons of songs. The, the grooves are just so close together. And what's a particular track called? Uh, I believe this particular track is called... Um, now, what the hell is it Am I go- When I'm the a- Shit Hits the Fan. I'm going on tour with you. <laughs> on CITR. <laughs>
Okay. What the hell was that? That was uh, that was only one third of the song. We came into it uh, for the last third. And it was a song called "When the Shit Hits the Fan" by Todd Rundgren, and unfortunately, it was going back into a different song there at the end. Maybe mainly, but we're in the poo-poo hits the vinyl. It's uh, what hey. Before you knock Todd Rundgren, let me point out that he was the producer on one of your favorite all-time bands. Oh, I know. First record. Fine, fine producer. Yes, oh, an excellent producer. And well, yeah. you hear his beginning of his incredible production talents on this record. I did. I did like that one part, though. That was good. Right now, we're going to focus on John Card. It's all <clears throat> about John Card. We've entered the John Card Celebrity Roast section of the Not Ready Misfit Radio Show. What do we have coming up right now here, John Card? Well, this is this is a typical story in uh, a lot of people's lives who are musicians. They get a band together. They work, you know, really hard. They go into the studio. They record, and they get a tape. It's not quite mixed yet. Uh, it's, it's They look like they're going to... Boom, they're going to go on tour, they're going to do the whole thing, and then they break up. So they have a recorded piece of time, and this is what we have. It's a band called Rogue Pope. I was a drummer, and actually I co-wrote a bunch of the songs on it too, in this from Calgary, and this song's called Kingpin. And, and there's uh, a DOA connection to this too, isn't there? Uh, to because this band sounds an awful lot like... Actually, no, this particular song sounds like Queens of the Stone Age, but this song was uh, written before Queens of the Stone Age wrote the song that this sounds like. And the connection between Queens Queens of the Stone Stone Age and and DOA DOA is... is well, why don't you answer that, Jerry? I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you answer Hutch, it. my friend Hutch. The sound technician, yeah, Hutch. Yeah, he was with DOA for years and years, and he was a very, very dear friend still, and he was years before that. We go back a long ways, and he's, uh, yeah, he works with Queens and a bunch of other bands. The Rock and Tours, I think he was Rock in town Tours, with them. he was with them, and... Uh, Geez, he's done sound for you. You name a cool band, he's done sound for him, and he's a great guy. But anyways, that's the there's a connection there. There's connections all over the place. So this is John Card doing Queens of the Stone Age before Queens he's of the Stone a, yeah, Age. Yeah, a song called Kingpin, and uh, this is not produced, by the way. So and interestingly enough, one of the first records Josh Hom ever bought was Bloody But Unbowed by DOA. I did not know that. Recently reissued on Sudden Death <laughs> Records. Excellent. And here's John Card with. Rogue Pope and the song called The Kingpin.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwari Human Serviette Radio Show with the Subhumans. And what did we just hear right there, John Card, from the Subhumans playing next Friday the 13th at the Lamplighter? Oh, you just heard a band called Rogue Pope from Calgary, Cowtown, Calgary, Alberta. A song called Kingpin, and that's about all I got to say about that. And before that, we heard Jerry Hanna. What did we hear? We heard, uh, oh, we heard, uh, (laughs) we heard a little tiny part of When the Shit Hits the Fan by Todd Rundgren. Which is a producer that John likes, but John doesn't like his music. No, 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 that particular song didn't do it for me. I like some Todd. Come on, come on. Uh, John likes the New York Dolls big time. Big time. And, uh, and of course, Todd Rundgren produced their first album, which was gr- incredibly incredibly well produced, I would say, for yeah, what they were great. doing. Todd Rundgren is from the United States of America. The Subhumans were one of the pioneering bands from the Pacific Northwest to plow across the United States of America. I did that just for you there, John. <laughs> what do you remember? Again, this is the What Do You Remember roast on the Nardwari Human Serviette radio show, Jerry Hanna, about a house party that the Subhumans played in Washington, D.C. Didn't you guys play a house party in Washington, D.C. in 79 or 80? And it was put on by a real rich girl whose dad might have been like a senator oh, or something. That and story. the plug was pulled. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you want me to tell that story? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Um, let me see. How did this work now? We were in town uh, staying at... Actually, we were staying at... What's his name, buddy, from... Uh, from uh, Henry Rollins. No, not Henry Rollins. You stayed with Henry Rollins, didn't you? Well, we might have stayed with Henry Rollins. No, I don't you know, stayed at Henry Rollins' house. Like, understand I don't no, remember that. You stayed at Henry Rollins' house. You're worse than Brian. <laughs> I don't remember staying at Henry Rollins' <laughs> yes, house. But in Washington, we didn't stay at Henry Rollins' house. We stayed at... What's his name's house from Fugazi? Ian Mackay. There Ian. you go. We were at Ian Mackay's house, at his parents' house. Lots actually. of ice cream. He was cream. a little, was a little teeny bopper at the time. He was a little young punk rocker staying at his parents' place, and we stayed at his parents' place. So, anyways, to make to get this story going before it gets too late here, um, we um, we a bunch of bands. Were a bu- this woman, this really rich senator's daughter, or who knows what she was, congress per- congresswoman, congressperson's daughter, uh, wanted decided that she wanted to have punk bands play at her graduation party, and her parents were going to be going. All of her parents and relatives were going to be going away, so the big mansion in Washington D.C. was empty of adults, and she was going to have a bunch of punk rock bands play at her graduation party. So she called up the local punk rockers, maybe she called up Ian McKay for all I know, and uh, said, hey, look, um, we'd like to have a punk rock band play at the graduation party. Do you know of any bands that might play it? And the word spread throughout Washington, D.C., punk community, like wildflower, wildfire, hey, we're going to go, let's go over and play at this grad party. It'll be a joke. There's kegs of beer. Okay. And so in the end, there was, I can't remember how many bands, eight bands or something turned up to play there. They basically came in, took over the house, set up a huge PA system in the ballroom, you know, beside the grand piano, and uh, set up a little uh, stage with mics and stuff like that and proceeded to play. And, And, of course, tons of punk rock fans came to this party, too. So there was major slam dancing going on in in the living room. And uh, vases, you know, ancient Chinese vases were getting broken. It was just like out of some movie. Foo Vazi? What did you say? Out of a B movie. It was unbelievable. And uh, the punk rockers, the DC punk rockers, who most of them didn't drink themselves, of course, because it was a straight edge days, uh, they they got the girl, the, the grad girl, really, really drunk. So she ended up passing out and being put in her bedroom upstairs. So we had the total run of the house. And, okay, there's so many stories about that whole thing. Dave Spanner was at, the, our manager was at, at that party. 
and he was just sitting in a lawn chair out back just basically laughing endlessly like couldn't stop laughing because it was so incredibly crazy it was just like out of an Annette Funicello movie where the bikers raid the beach blanket party you know what I mean <laughs> it was just unbelievable and at one point I went to one of the many beer kegs that was there because I mean these people are rich they can afford lots of beer kegs and there was this big long lineup at the beer keg and I thought what the hell is going on here I'm going to go up to the front of the line and see what's taking so long because everybody was standing there in their preppy suits and nice shine uh, shoes and everything like that so I went up to the front of the line and there's Brian Goble laying on his back under the beer keg with his hand on the tap and beer <laughs> running into his mouth and gurgling out the side of his <laughs> face. Right? Yeah, out of drunk. Out I'll of his, gladly out of pay you mind. Tuesday for a keg <laughs> of beer today. We never even got to play that show because eventually, oh, oh, what happened was the grandmother came home, unexpected, flew in from Miami. <laughs> Fell, fell in saw, love with Brian Goble, and they this, took off. Saw all these punk rockers destroying the house Oh, and uh, called the cops. But before the cops arrived, uh, there was also chili was served at this <laughs> grad party. Oh, <laughs> so we got in a chili fight, only it wasn't a chili fight because the, the, the preppies wouldn't fight back. So we were just, everybody was just, just hucking platefuls of chili. chili. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cops arrived right when the plates of chili were flying and you, uh, you we should, all got chased down the streets and there was LA punks there too who of course were utilizing the beer as well you should you should do a show or a portion of a show of stories of punk rock parties of bands on the road i got about a dozen you know like that but different places it would it would be a good show it would be fun what was the one you were thinking of? Oh, no, no, I won't even get into it. It's like, it'll take, pr- not, not as long as Jerry's, but, uh, but there's several. I'm not even but, finished. Oh, yeah, see? <laughs> Maybe we should do a whole show just on that party. Well, that party was amazing. I wish we had a film. That there so was what happened at the point after the chili fight? Uh, then everybody, then, then somebody said, cops are coming. So, of course, the L.A. punks who are used to cops coming, they just, you know, over hedges, through backyards, every, you know, hiding They're in garages. They're expecting choppers They're expecting and helicopters and, and tear and... gas and everything, right? And attack dogs. And one Washington, D.C. cop car pulls up. What's Excuse going on me? here? No, no, not even like that. Excuse me, could you tell me, is there a party around here somewhere? Is there a party you know, all these here? punk rockers are out in the street. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's over there. And everybody leaves, right? It was just amazing. Could was, you please uh, leave, please? Yeah, it was Thank all you. very sedate. Did so you forth. play at all? No, we never got I to play. I thought you had the plug pull. Did any bands play? Uh, they pulled the. Oh, yeah, bands played because there was slam dancing going on in the living room, but I don't, can't remember who. Yeah, played. I got an idea. Let's give away a free t shirt, but you got to show up to the show to get it. If anyone wants to phone in, with an uh, answer to a question, and the question is... We can do that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, We can have them come out to CITR and get it if they like. Okay. If, um, well, I'd, I'd rather them come to the show, pay to get in, and then get their shirt. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But anyways, uh, what's the question, uh, Nardwar? Why don't you think of a question while I ask Jerry just one other question okay. about that particular tour. Was that the tour where you played with Joan Jett and in the same night played a gig in Manhattan? Like you did two gigs in one night or whatever, yeah, or like hundreds a, of miles away? Well, they weren't 100 miles away. One was in New Jersey and one was in... One was in downtown New York. We played a gig with Joan Jett in New Jersey and then went through the Lincoln Tunnel or whatever and played a gig with uh, the Bad Brains at, at the A7 Club or whatever it was called. Do you remember much about Bad Brains? Um, not a lot, no. How did you go over on that gig? I th- it was fine. It was a really hot club. Like The club was so hot that the whole audience couldn't stand to stay inside for any length of time, so people come in and watch a few songs and then go out and cool off in the street and then go back in. Was there any interaction at all with Joan Jett? Uh, I think we said hi. And do you remember... You do, you, Inter what? Will you agree with me 
that you stayed with Henry Rollins. Didn't you stay with Henry Rollins at I his know. house? I, I thought remember. you stayed you at his house. You drank black coffee with Henry Rollins. I, Come on, I just say remember. yes. I don't remember. I mean, we hung out at Black Flag's house all the time, but that's when Ron Reyes was in the band. So no Rollins encounters in D.C. You didn't stay of. at Rollins' house for the night. I didn't I even know Rollins had a house in I thought, D.C. I thought you stayed with Rollins know. in D.C. This is before he joined well, Black I never Flag. Said, I but never you said didn't that. quite get along with Henry Rollins. It was like Jerry versus Henry Rollins. Well, I could see that, actually. We both got big mouths. Oh, so this is where this is where we're going with it. Okay. And yeah. how about the X tour? The subhumans yeah, played. John with wants to give away a shirt. And you only got ten minutes. We'll left. do it just before the yeah, end of the show. A, He's thinking of the trivia question yeah, right I'm now. Yeah, I'm still thinking. Yeah. Which probably will be the first caller to phone in. Yeah, that'll probably if, be the trivia question. X, you toured with the band X, and that had something to do with the Commodore Ballroom allowing you to play there again, right? Really? Yeah. Was. <laughs> You are worse than Brian, man. What? What happened? I, don't I know, know we were banned from the Commodore for years and years. I don't know. I don't. I didn't know the X gig was the first gig that we were allowed back there. Was it? I don't know. I thought it was. I. You know, I might not even been in the band at that time. I mean, I quit by then. Do you I, remember a tour with X at all? Yep, but we didn't. I didn't do that. I was gone. I left the band in July, and and X came up in the fall. I remember I was living with Julie Belmas in in Jasper when they did that tour, and I went and saw the Subhumans and X. In Edmonton. Because the Subhumans eventually signed to Slash, didn't they? But then nothing happened with the Slash Did deal. So it got th- picked up by SST. That's what I heard, that it was originally signed to Slash. And Slash said, if we like the tapes, we'll take it. And if not, SST can put you it out. You should be asking these questions to Brian because or Mike, because I wasn't even in the band when that happened. Do you, have, do you have an eight-track player at all, Jerry? <laughs> not now, Because no. I was thinking, because you drive a snowplow, right? Do you still drive the snowplow? Sometimes, yeah. Is there an eight-track player in the snowplow? Because it must no. be like a cool old snowplow. Like, how old are snowplows? Uh, these ones are the, the snow plows I drive now are about three years old. The subhumans are back together and they're recreating things. Did you not recreate the famous subhumans go to college shot? Local photographer Bev Davies told me that she recreated the shot that is actually pictured in her punk rock calendar of the subhumans from 1980 sitting on the steps of Vancouver City Hall. Do you remember the recreation of that at all, John or Jerry? I was there that day. Um, I was there that day and uh, I just uh, unplugged something. It's okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear yes. me? I can't hear myself, but that's okay. I can't hear you. Uh, Bev took some pictures. It was very sunny day and uh, I had a great time. You recreated. We recreated. I was, uh, I didn't wear the same jacket as Jim Imagawa had but the idea was to recreate that photo. Same band except for me and uh, I have not seen the photo yet but that's, that was kind of the idea. So there you go. Where is Jim? Has he come to any subhumans reunions at all? Not that I know of. Is he still in Vancouver? I don't know. On the back of that one subhuman's record, Incorrect Thoughts, there's some guy holding up something that says Polka. What was that all about? Uh, you know what that was all about. No, I don't know what that's all about. You know who that is. I didn't actually is look Simon? too close. Yes. Is that Simon? You, why don't you tell about it? I don't know about it. I know uh, well, that you was... Know it it, it looked just like Simon Snotface. It's, uh, and Jerry and Simon have a history, and you know, it's been a <laughs> roller coaster ride. And, uh, oh, I he think might have been the person not possibly... Welcome at a perhaps uh, reunion. That's that's Jerry. That's Jerry's uh, territory. If Penelope Houston of the Avengers showed up, would she be allowed into a Subhumans gig at all, Jerry? Of course. Why what not? was it like playing with the Avengers at the Janus Theater in 1979 on Fourth Avenue? Jerry used to have the Subhumans. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. I I love the Avengers though. They were a great band, and it was great playing with them. 
and a great ball team, and we're going to do good this year, and we're going to we're going to. Who won that game best. between? <laughs> who won that game between the Clash and the Subhumans, the yeah, soccer really. game? Uh, they did, of course. Right. It was it was the Clash versus Warehouse United, is what we called ourselves, because we were all practicing in a big warehouse on Beatty Street at the time, and they they beat us, they skunked us. See, on tour DOA, we always brought hockey sticks with us, right? And we toured with a band, Negazioni. Uh, all through the states, and we would play soccer with them. They would just kick our asses. They, they, you know, they eat, drink, sleep, slurp soccer, and then would play some street hockey. And it would be the reversal, but it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun with those guys. But that's uh, that's probably why you lost because they play soccer and all the uh, time. Yeah, all the time. So the subhumans have done quite a few gigs. Have you had a lot of old fans coming out? Oh yeah, sure. Anybody you've reconnected with you had lost track of? Um. A few here and there. A few. A few hmm. here and there. What was the question? Any old fans come out that we have lost track of or reconnecting with? I think there will be a lot this tour because we've, we've apparently there's Winnip- a lot of people in Winnipeg are pretty hyped. I've already got tour. phone calls from... Because uh, you, of course, are on the G7 Welcoming Committee yeah, record label. That's part Canada. of it. And, uh, of course, John was, you know, hooked up with personality crisis. So we're playing so with so the forth. Unwanted. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah what can together. you tell the people about the Unwanted? They're an old school Canadian they, hardcore they are band. Indeed. There's, uh, what's, what's their uh, logo right now? Or their new, their credo? It's... Uh, Fatter, balder, um, drunker, or something. Anyways, batter. batter. Yeah, that's it. Anyways, um, yeah, no, they're old friends from. I used to live in the house, the unwanted house, for a while in Winnipeg, and they're playing on the bill. And uh, it's the Sims. Uh, Sims brothers are in the band, and that's about it. They're a great band back then, and I'm sure they're going to be a great band now. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of people coming out, a lot of worms coming out of the woodwork in Winnipeg for sure. And Spurton Cummins is going to come out, Jerry? Spurton, I hope Spurton Cummins comes out, yeah. I'd like to, <laughs> I want to see that. Hey, action. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows the girl who gave him a blowjob at a restaurant under the table. Wow. Yeah, that's one of my claims to, uh, you know, brush with fame. Who's going to be driving the Subhumans van? Everybody. You are. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You are, you are a tour manager? I recommended Mr. Plow. I thought you Mr. Plow, Mr. Plow would Plow be amazing. Un- Mr. Plow was unable to do that. He had a tour commitment already. So hopefully you've got that all figured out. The big tour kicks off September 13th. <laughs> October. Friday, Friday. October. September. September is gone. Well, actually, it did probably kick off in September. When was actually record release? It was released on September 12th, wasn't uh, it? It was supposed to, be, supposed to be the 12th. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I don't know if the story, all the stories still have it, but anyways. On the record, actually, are there new riffs? Are there old riffs? Are there Tim God riffs? Or what Tim are the songs? <laughs> uh, uh, are there any, uh, you mean like guitar riffs? Yeah, like the stuff that Mike contributed. Is there any old subhuman songs that have turned up on the new CD? I don't think Is so. Is it all brand new stuff? It's all brand new, yeah. Oh, brand new. Do you want to play Celebrity off this? That's what I thought to end in our Ready Human Serviette radio show. We would play a couple tracks. Two. Selected by the Subhumans. We have another track queued up, though, not by the Subhumans, by the Gladiators. There's a phone call. We don't have, we don't have enough time to... We'll kick that one on anyways. But what is it about the Gladiators? This is a cover song you'd like to do, isn't it? Uh, I'm thinking of it. Thinking of it with the Subhumans. Because it's a... I mean, it's a, it's a really great reggae song. It's got a great groove to it. What, where did you first learn that song? Was that a Lumbee song? Which the Gladiator song? Yeah. Oh no, no. It was when after when I, it was like '79 that came out. You know, we, back then there was a lot of punk rock and reggae were kind of going hand in hand. There was a lot of reggae. In fact, we played with lots of reggae artists too. Dread Dreadbeats. Remember those guys? No. They, they played on a big show. But we, with uh, DOA, I remember personality. What do you remember played. about playing with Husker Du? You guys played some gigs with Husker Du, didn't you? Like in Victoria, it was like Black Flag, the Subhumans, and Husker Du, but nobody even knew Husker Du at that time. That's right. Yeah, we, we actually, it was funny. Yeah, well, that was a weird. We headlined that gig with Black Flag and Husker Du. <laughs> <laughs> Husker Du 
and Black Flag open for the subhumans, right. as they should. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a quick story. You know what? I am an honorary member of Husker Du, and I made them honorary Canadians way back when Personality Crisis was together and on tour. And uh, I still have the paperwork. If, what did uh, they sound like back then? They were They were fast. They'd walk up. Actually, this is before I was in Personality Crisis. They walked up. I can't remember who it was. Walked up to uh, Jimmy and said, we're going to play... 30 songs in 30 minutes and blow you guys off the stage. That's, that's, how we, that's what he said. And they played for 30 minutes. They played 30 songs. I wasn't at the gig because I wasn't drumming for them then. They, it was the first three months with their first drummer. But they might have blown him off the stage. They might not have. I don't know. But that's what he said. We're going to play 30 songs in 30 minutes and blow you off the stage. And what do you remember about them, Jerry, playing with Husker Du? Well, I don't remember playing with Husker Du. Oh, you got a call there. How about that? I don't remember. That caller wins the shirt, actually. Yeah. 822-247-UBC-CITR if you'd like to win a they Subhumans win shirt, t-shirt. They don't even have to answer the question. Are they going to come to CITR default. to pick it up, or do they have to go to the gig? They have to go to the gig. Let's go to the gig. So you'll have to put them on the guest list to go to the gig. Uh, well, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. 822-247-CITR-UBC-CITR if you want to win a free Subhumans t-shirt and admission to the gig, perhaps. Can you, rem- can you remember their name for an entire week? Because yeah, the gig know. is next Friday. Friday the 13th well, you at the Lamb Sh- You can see how sharp my memory is. Is so. there someone phoning here? 604-822-2487. Okay, the question is, what's Jerry's stage name? His last name, his stage name. What, what do you remember about Husker Du, though? Okay, Husker Du, when we first met them, we met them in Minneapolis, their hometown, and they were three little kids that came up and said, hey, can we go on tour in Canada? How do we do it? And our manager said, well, you do this and this and this and this. And then uh, we met them in Alberta, and they were doing this and this and this and this. So that's how I'm. That's what I remember about Husker Du. I, I love them. I think they're a great band. I thought they were great back then, and I still do. Well, thank you. And here we have the Subhumans with Celebrity, the Subhumans playing next Friday, the 13th, at the Lamplighter. Thank you for coming into the Nardwari Humans Radio Show. Thank and you, And if Nardwari. we have time, we'll kick into some gladiators as well. Well, thanks for my Subhumans. Keep on rocking in the free world. And here's the Subhumans with Celebrity and do 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 Two bits. <laughs>